there was a there was a uh, a theme to the uh, songs I noticed this morning, and I thought it was interesting in the fact of just in the the way things have been going. Uh, twenty twenty has been an interesting year. Uh, it's been a a difficult year for everybody involved. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty into what's going on and and different restrictions and rules and the the virus is going around and now politically just the the confusion and the arguing between everybody and division can I can I just say this God is not the one who appoints division God desires unity amongst his people God does not want his people to be pulled apart and I don't believe that they're not saying that we are and just the division that we see out there is not of God it's of Satan and so we need to make sure that our hearts and our our minds are in unity uh, with with him and with his word and with his way and that we would be unified together as a body of believers because as, 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 as ripped apart as the world is, uh, they need to see something different here. They need to see something different in our lives. We're looking at Second Peter, Second Peter this morning, uh, chapter 1. We just finished up with the, the book of John going through, and I didn't preach the entire book. I kind of started uh, towards the, I guess it was the middle of the book, but it was the, towards the end of Christ's ministry, and we looked at those last teachings of, of Christ, and then we went on through the crucifixion. And, and uh, it, if you, we talked a couple of times and, and mentioned um, the, the struggle that Peter had. And uh, we, it, I believe it was last week, uh, Jesus, we talked about how Jesus told Peter uh, that Satan had desired to sift him, the disciples, uh, them, the disciples like we, but he goes, but when I have prayed for you, um, uh, but I have prayed for you, and when thou art uh, converted, uh, meaning changed or brought back uh, to, to when, you've, when you've settled things, uh, then your job is to encourage the brethren. That was last Sunday afternoon uh, that we talked about that. And, 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 and Did I die or? I'm back. Uh, I began to think about that, that, that struggle that Peter was going through. Do you remember what happened? Uh, uh, Christ was arrested, and, and uh, even though he had said that he would never forsake him, he fled like everybody else. And Yes, he did follow afar off with, with John, uh, uh, the unnamed disciple, for a period of time. But he didn't go in as far as John. And when he was questioned, what did he do? He denied Christ three times. And the third time, the Bible says, is that the, the, the cock crew, he lift, lifted up his eyes, and, and the, his eyes met the Savior, and, and he went out and wept bitterly. And that's, that's all we know of, about Peter. During the crucifixion, he wasn't there when Christ was crucified. Why? Because he, was this, he, he realized that he had failed the Savior. And I began to think about that, is that, that internal struggle, that internal battle that was, was going on in Peter's life was a struggle. Listen, I thought I had faith. I thought I believed, but... But what happened, and how did I fall? And listen, as, as, a, as, a, as somebody who grew up in church, can I tell you one of the greatest struggles for, for a Christian who grows up in church, uh, a second-generation Christian, uh, sometimes uh, circumstances around our life will cause us to question the validity of our faith. They'll uh, question whether or not we were ever really saved in the first place. I battled that in my younger years for, for a very long time. And it wasn't until, uh, and we preached this last week, that Peter settled that in, in John chapter 21, where Jesus said, do you love me? And he asked him that question three times. And finally, in Peter's heart, he says, thou knowest everything. You know that I love you. And God again told him to, to feed my sheep. 
Peter settled that in his life, and, and Peter's life changed at that point. He had just been fishing, even though he had left fishing. Now uh, he went out, and, and in the next, the next several uh, days, uh, he's with, the, he's with the, the, the other apostles in the upper room, and they're praying, and they're waiting, uh, and they're preparing for what's to come. And when the Holy Spirit didn't come on the day of Pentecost, God was able to use Peter in a great and mighty way because his faith was settled. And the truth is, we need to be able to have a settled faith. Uh, but my, my, the title of my, of, of, my, of my message this morning, Is Faith Enough? Is Faith Enough? Hebrews chapter uh, 11 tells us that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, of things not seen. Uh, 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 Hebrews eleven six tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must have faith in our life uh, to, to be able to please God in any way, shape, or form. But is that enough? Is that enough for us to stand by and to never waver, to never question, and to never doubt? Romans chapter, turn with your Bibles, in your Bibles with me. We're going to go through uh, several chapters here in the book of, or several verses here in the book of Romans quickly. We won't, we won't be here very long. Uh, this is all just kind of leading up to uh, the message. But look with me at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 25. We'll start reading verse, uh, verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, a payment, uh, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. We see here it is through, uh, through our faith uh, in the blood of Christ uh, that we are given the propitiation, the payment. Uh, look also at chapter 4, verse 13. It says, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world, this is speaking of Abraham, uh, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Remember, Romans tells us that, uh, that he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It was because of his faith. Look at verse 19 and 20. This says, says in verse, I turned one page too many. Uh, it says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. This is speaking of Abraham's faith that God would con con keep the promise of, the, of having him, giving him a son. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace, through, uh, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, for a grace you saved through faith. Uh, uh, we understand that faith is necessary for salvation. We cannot have, we cannot go to heaven. We cannot have an eternity in heaven. We cannot inherit the, the promises of God without faith. But can I tell you that faith is only the, 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 the foundation block of your Christian life. If all you ever have is faith, then you're in trouble. You say, well, how do you, how can you say that? Listen, you don't need anything more than faith to get to heaven. Can I, can, can, can we all just agree that the man who hung on the cross beside Jesus, who said, who said, to remember me, Lord, he said, today thou shalt see me in paradise. He didn't have a, he didn't have a, a day to live to, to glorify God with his life. He didn't have a day to, to serve in any kind of ministry or to preach the gospel to anybody. He didn't have a day to share that with anybody else. All he had was his faith, but his faith was enough to get him to heaven. Amen. 
By faith, I know that I will one day see God, just like Abraham did. Uh, uh, Listen, uh, by faith, I know that I have eternal life. But can I tell you, God didn't save me just so that I could have eternal life and see him in heaven. God saved me to transform me, to, to make me into something different. So, and listen, as a child of God, again, I wavered, I, 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 I floundered, I, I questioned, and many times it's the circumstances that surround me that, that cause me to, to, to doubt. Do you know the first John was written so that we might know that we have eternal life? We, can, we, can, we don't have to wonder, and we don't have to, to question. Listen, we're, we're not talking, we all... Our, our belief and our doctrine is that you cannot lose your salvation. I praise God for that. So what happens is many times you say, well, I know I can't lose it. Did I ever really have it? Was it really true? And I can tell you, I've asked myself that question so many times. I'd be rich if I had $5 for every time I asked myself that question growing up. Uh, listen, uh, uh, but it's not about me. God saved me according to my faith in him. So is faith enough? Yes, it's, not, it's enough for salvation. But in faith, can I fail? Just like Peter, I can. Peter had faith. When, when, when Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? He says, well, some say that you're John the Baptist, and some say that you're, that you're this prophet or this prophet or Elijah. He says, who do you say that I am, Peter? Peter says, thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And he says, man has not revealed that unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed that unto you. He had faith. He understood. He believed that Jesus was the Son of God. That's faith. That's saving faith. But it wasn't all that much later that Peter said, I don't know the man. And he swore. So can a man of faith be a man who fails? Absolutely. Absolutely. The sad thing for me is many Christians in their, in their daily walk, growing, there's a, we have faith to believe that God is real. We have faith to believe that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. But we fall and we fumble and we question our faith. We question our salvation and we wonder, how does this happen? Come with me this if you're already there, hopefully you're already there. I'll keep your finger there. We're going to look at a couple, of ver- couple more verses. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Sorry, 16. 1 Corinthians 16. I don't, it may be 613. 1 Corinthians, I'm going to look up 16, 13. Hope that's correct. Yes, wash ye, stand fast in faith, quit you like men. We are told to stand fast. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We are told to stand fast in our faith, not to waver. Well, how do we do that? We're going to get to that here in a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says this, Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. You can turn there, it says, to work out your own salvation. So, well, how do we do that? How, listen, you don't work for your own salvation. That, that work was done on the cross. 
Jesus died so that you could be saved, so that, so that you could have that eternal life uh, for you. But we're told to work out our own salvation. We're, we're told to, to allow the salvation to, to work out of us. We're to examine ourselves. And listen, anybody who's ever questioned, uh, questioned whether or not they were saved, uh, they, they, they were wondering, they were doubting, there was fear in their hearts. But the Word of God says in 1 John chapter 3 that when my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart. So, so I need to go to God and not to my, not to my own fears or my own doubts. First Peter chapter one, or second Peter chapter one, there verse eight says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. He's talking about their salvation. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Ye shall never fall. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the faith that's given to us freely. Lord, through the word of God, it's not something that we've earned. It's not something that we have. God has given to us. God, I pray that you would help us now as we, as we study this study word, that we would look at these things that we're to add, Father, that we might have a strong foundation of faith and, and a growth and a, mature, and a maturing of our Christian walk, Lord, that we could be sure in our salvation, that there, wouldn't, there would be no doubt, there would be no question, there would be no falling away or, or backsliding, but there would be a, a constant progression forward, uh, drawing closer to you. God, I pray that you'd help us uh, to be the children of God that you have called us to be. I pray that you'd be with me, Lord, as I preach. Lord, uh, may this be nothing of me, but all of you. Lord, may you, may you fill me with your spirit and your power. Lord, may our hearts, all of our hearts, be tender to the working of your spirit. And Lord, may you be glorified in all that's done and said, Father. You are our God. You are our Savior. I thank you, Father, for that. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse, verse 8 and verse 10 make a couple of claims. This is interesting. It says, if these things, and we're going to get to what those things are. It says, but if these things be in you and abound... They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of, of the Lord. The first claim here is that these things, and again, we'll talk about what they are, but if those things are in us uh, and they abound, then we'll not be unfruitful or barren. Uh, as a child of God, God has, has made us to, to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen? His, his desire is that we would have, uh, that we would be fruitful, uh, that with the fruit of God, uh, the fruit of the, the Spirit of God would abound in our lives and and we will be productive uh, in his service. How many of you would say, don't raise your hands, that you're fruitful and, the product, and productive in the service of God? That the fruit of the Spirit and, 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 the, the, and, and the fruit of uh, the, the reproduction of, uh, of other Christians uh, uh, is, is, is prominent in your life? Okay, don't raise your hands. If these things are in you and they abound... You will, be not, you will not be barren. The first claim is that you will not be barren. You can be saved and unfruitful. Do you know that? You can be saved and not allow the fruit of the Spirit or not allow uh, or not be used of God to reproduce. Uh, in, in the, uh, listen, when I say reproduce, it means, uh, it means that, uh, a witness and a testimony to others that they, might, that they might hear the gospel and see people saved. You can be saved and not be that. 
Remember back in John chapter 15, it talks about those that are in the vine, but not fruitful, that they, that they bear no fruit. You can be that, but can I tell you, that is not what God has intended for you to be. This verse here claims that if these things are in you and they abound, then you will bear fruit. How many of you want to bear fruit for Jesus Christ? Then these things need to abound in your life. I appreciate the, the promises of God. This is, this is a claim. Uh, this is a, a, a clear statement. It's not saying, it's not, uh, there's no gray area here. He says, if these things are in your life, this will happen. Verse 10 is the same. Verse 10 says, wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. How, how many of you... And just, I'll, be, I'll, I'll raise my own hand. Listen, I fall on a regular basis. Now, I'm grateful that I don't necessarily fall in the way that I used to fall. Because there's, a, there's been a growth in my life over the years. But I still fall. But, I said, but the Bible says here, if these things are in my life and they abound, I will never fall. Does that mean I'll never lose my salvation? Well, I'm never going to lose my salvation anyways because I'm not saved and kept by my works. I'm saved and kept by the, by the grace and mercy of God. Jesus said that, that, I am hit, that we are in his hands and no man can pluck us out of his hands and he's in the Father's hands and no man is greater than his Father. We can't be plucked out of... Uh, it's, like we're, it's like we're stuck in, 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 in Christ's hands and he's got a solid grip on us and then his dad comes along and wraps his hands around there and says, yeah, go ahead and see what you can do. He's not, there's no removing us. We're kept and sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not us because we didn't do anything to save us. It was all of God in the first place. That's why it's salvation by faith and faith alone. If it was faith in my good works, listen, I'm not that good. And my, my good works would fail and I could lose my salvation. It isn't that. It's faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ's work alone. However, if I live an unfruitful life, although I'm saved, I may question that. I may wonder. Because I can tell you, uh, there's, there's a fullness of joy in, in, in living a full Christian life where you're fruitful and there's a there's good fellowship uh, with the Father and with the Son. But from personal experience, and, if, and you can, I'm sure some of you, if not all of you can attest, from personal experience, if you're not walking with Christ, and if there is not this, this bearing of fruit, it is a miserable Christian existence. Because you're, 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 you're caught up in this world and you're not looking forward to, uh, your, your eyes aren't on heavenly things. We're just, we've got our, our ticket to heaven in our back pocket and that's all we're counting on. Salvation is so much more than that. Salvation is so much more than that. We can know that we have eternal life. We can know that we'll never fall. We can know that we'll be fruitful. But he does say this, that you have to have these things. What are these things? Well, let's go back up to chapter to, to, to chapter one, verse one, and we're going to read down through this. I want you first to see um, 
your position and my position in Jesus Christ. If you're saved uh, today, uh, this is your position. Uh, look at the, the, the this precious faith that we have. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If this book was written, Second uh, Peter was written to, to those that were saved, those with like Precious faith. You have obtained, if you're saved here this morning, you have obtained a like precious faith. Uh, uh, listen, it wasn't already in you. Uh, it's, it wasn't in you to believe the word of God and have faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That somewhere along the line, God spoke to you uh, through the word of God and through the spirit of God. He opened up your eyes to the truth and you obtained faith. Uh, you obtained faith to see it as truth. You, you trusted in Jesus Christ and uh, in, 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 in his death for salvation. You know that he rose again and that gives you hope that one day you'll rise again uh, and that God is able to keep that promise. And now you have faith. Listen, there are all kinds of faiths out there. There are faiths, people that are worshiping uh, other, uh, other gods, uh, Allah and uh, Buddha and all these other, other different gods, but that's not like faith. Peter was writing to those here with like faith, and that faith is in Jesus Christ. And listen, I, I'm glad that I can come to a place on Sunday that we're just not a, a conglomeration of all different kinds of faiths and different beliefs, uh, not knowing uh, what this one believes and what this one believes, and, oh, we're all the same thing. Can I, can I say this? Uh, and I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, not all roads lead to Rome. Right? Uh, understand, not all gods are the same. We serve God. Listen, uh, there, are, there are people out there who... I, I, I love the fact that we're a Baptist church. We're a Baptist church because of the fact that the Baptist doctrine holds very closely to the word of God. But can I tell you this? Jesus wasn't a Baptist. And you can say, well, John the Baptist was a Baptist. He was John the baptizer. We need to be careful about how we treat other brothers and sisters in Christ just because they don't go to a church that is exactly like ours. They're saved by faith in Jesus Christ just like we are. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now that being said, I wish we didn't have to have denominational names on churches, but, but there are other churches that they claim the name of Christ that do not teach the same salvation, and that is a false church and a false teaching. That's why we carry a name, so that when people see Fellowship Baptist Church, they know what we believe. Uh, we put it right on our, our, our Facebook page. We put it right on our, our website page. If somebody, if, if somebody wants to call and ask me, I'm more than happy to tell them, because that's the truth of the Word of God. It isn't based upon my opinion. It isn't based upon uh, the, the first pastor that took this church. It's based upon what the Word of God teaches. So, so I am grateful that we have a place that we can come and we can have like faith and like fellowship. But can I tell you, it's, it's not just a like faith. It's a like precious faith. Precious means it's valuable. There is something to it more than just uh, I believe in something. Because that faith Gets you, uh, uh, gives you an inheritance. Uh, it gives you a family. Yes, we're a family here, but you are the child of God. It gives you a name that is better than any other name. Uh, it connects you to the creator, the almighty, the God who, who did everything. Uh, it gives you an inheritance in heaven and, and gives you 
ownership of a divine nature that wasn't yours in the first place. All of those things are things that are promised to us in the future. And we'll get to that here in a moment. But, but that's because it's a like, precious faith. If you're a child of God, you have that. Amen? Secondly, it's a, it gives, we have a powerful fullness in this position of being a Christian. Look at verse, verse 3 with me, if you would. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory. We have a, a, a powerful fullness. There is, we, are, we are given the Holy Spirit at salvation. Listen, uh, when I look, at, look back at Christ and the promise of Christ's resurrection and, and the reality of Christ's resurrection, that reminds me that that same power that, that rose him from the grave works in me. That's where, that, that's where my new life came from. And that's what works in me to sanctify me. It's the, the power of the Holy Spirit to make me more and more like Jesus Christ. Because listen, folks, you and I can't do it. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the word of the fullness of, of God to work in our hearts and our lives. But that's, that's a, a result of our salvation. And First John also talking about the, how we can know that we can be saved. He describes it like this. You have an unction from the Holy One. It's an anointing of the Holy Spirit that nobody else has. Do we realize how powerful that is? You want your life changed? You need that unction. We have it because of Christ. We have it because of our salvation. There is a, a, a promising favor here. This is wherefore, whereby, verse 4, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. I, my goodness, think about the promises of God. We get so caught up in all the, all, the, all the junk that's going on in our we forget about the promises of God. The promise, listen, this isn't our home. You're you worried about the election this last, this last week, the whole week long? <laughs> and, and some are still worried about it? Listen, we don't need to be worried about it. You know why? Number one, God's in control in the first place. And whoever's going to win, whoever has won or is going to win, it's God's in control of all of it. No matter how things turn out after that person wins, uh, listen, God's still in control, but this isn't my home. I'm just passing through. Our, 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 our future and our eyes should be on heaven, and listen, our purpose, uh, our purpose shouldn't be to turn the country to Republicans or to Democrats. It shouldn't be to, to bring up a new candidate. To, listen, our purpose is to get the gospel out so that people get saved. Because they need Christ, not votes. They need those precious promises just like we did. They need an eternal inheritance. They need a, they need a glorified body that's been promised to us. They need to experience the love of God that can never, ever be taken away. Those are precious promises. And we see that the partnering function. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Listen, that, that divine nature is the pre- one of the precious promises. Well, what is that? Hey, remember you were, about, Jesus said you must be born again. That was the beginning of your divine nature. The Bible says, it says in Philippians, uh, that, that, that which I, that he that hath begun a good work in you, which is your salvation, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
He's going to continue to work in you, to glorify you, uh, to sanctify you, to make you more and more like Christ, so that, so that at the time that, that, that he comes home, that work, or the, the time that you go home, that work is finished, and you now have that divine nature. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. Well, think about it. All the, all, the, all the fleshly desires and the lust and the things that you struggle with now, the, the temper, the, 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 the gluttony, the, 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 the gossip, the, all those things that, man, we wish we could change about ourselves, they're going to be changed, and there's not going to be a temptation to do those things anymore because that's not the nature that, that we have anymore. Right now, we, we have, part, we have a, a partial working of that nature in us, but we still have the flesh. One day that flesh is going to be gone. What a promise of God. But that's, that's what we receive through salvation. That's just the, the basis. That's the, the, the foundation building block that comes with our faith. But look at this next verse. And beside this, verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence. Add to your faith. The word diligence means to, to work hard, to strive, to, 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 make, to accomplish something. As Christians, if we're going to mature and grow, we must not be lazy. Say, so I'm not lazy. I work hard. I, I work seven days a week, 40, 100 hours. Of, I, I've done that, can I tell you? I didn't grow spiritually from it. I'm not talking about working, uh, I'm not talking about working on uh, your career or, or working, taking care of your children. Listen, those are full-time jobs and a half. Uh, uh, my wife works more than I ever did. Uh, and, I, and my highest uh, weekly or, wait, or week that I worked was 124 hours. Or sorry, 113 hours. Uh, that, was, that was one week for me uh, back when I was a paramedic. Uh, listen, my, my wife works 24 hours a day, seven days a week because she's got a family. She works hard at that, and she has a business. She works hard at that. But can I tell you those things? And listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking families. That's part of a ministry of, 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 a, of a wife and a mother. Don't misunderstand me at all. But, but if you're not spiritually growing in your own life, how are you ministering to, to your kids? How can we grow? We, 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 stand in that, we stay in that same place. We never grow. We never, and we're unwavering or we're wavering. We're, un, we're unfruitful and we're miserable as Christians. So, so how do we do it? We have to work hard at it and we have to add something to our faith. There, uh, we're, we're to work hard. You say, well, the, the, these things that you're going to read here in a minute, they're all fruits of the Spirit. And you're right. So that should happen Naturally. We also have to put some work into it. Don't just sit around saying, oh, God's going to make me holy. Jesus said, or Peter says, be ye holy. God said it back in, back in the Old Testament as well. Or to put off the old man, to put on the new man. There's work involved. We must be willing to work. There's got to pass it to make any kind of progress, there must be passionate, passionate activity. We're going to put our all into it. And we're going to, listen, anybody who works, uh, anybody who plays professional sports, you know how they got there? 
The, the percentage rate of people to make, a, to, to, to make professional sports is so low. You know how many kids go, go to, go to high, in high school sports thinking, I want to be a professional baseball player. I want to be a professional. Listen, a lot of them have those dreams in their hearts and in their minds. Their dad's raising them up and playing catch with them and doing all the different things and being their coach at home. while they, and, and they're the bane to the existence of the actual coach because he's, they're trying to tell, tell them something different. Listen, because they want them to go to college. They want them to get a scholarship. They want them to get a... a a, a, a contract to some, some sports team to be sitting and all be set for life. Not many of them make it. Do you know how they make it? They dedicate their lives to it. Those people you watch in the Olympics, they're looking four years ahead and they're, 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 they're exercising and working out now and, 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 and practicing and all, on a daily basis. And if you look at their schedules, and listen, they're putting hours and hours of, of exercise and practice in so they can go and compete in a race that's going to last for 30 seconds. Why? Because it's passionate activity. They have a desire to stand up on that, up on that uh, platform on uh, number one and, and have the flag unfurled. And man, I used to cry when I was little. Every time they, uh, they played the national anthem, and you'd see them standing there with their gold medal. Man, that, that would be amazing. How, what, how much work do they put into that? For, for, for two minutes of fame and then everybody forgets their name. Yes, the recorder somewhere in history is they, they won this race or they, they won this game or they did that. They were the best in this. But can I tell you, that's nothing. It's absolutely nothing compared to what's going to happen in eternity. See, well, that's, that's a Listen, people do that with their careers. They do that with their families. They do that with all kinds of different things. Why cannot we do that with our relationship with Jesus Christ? There must be some kind of passionate activity, some, some kind of desire to serve, some kind of desire to grow. There's got to be something that pushes us to go farther and farther for Jesus Christ. There must be a productive addition. So beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. The word add is an action verb. If Elijah was in here, he could... Demonstrate that with the, one of the things that he and Ezra are learning in school this year is diagramming. It's an action verb. Every action verb has a has a something that it's talking about. I can't remember the word for it now off the top of my head because I'm not in sixth, fourth grade anymore. It's, it's typically a noun. Here it's inferred you. You need to add. You need to work diligently to add this. We need to work diligently to add these things to our faith so that we do not fall. Can I see what time it is? We got time. The first is this add to your faith virtue, add to your faith. Virtue. What is virtue? It's moral excellence. So I've got good morals. I'm not saying your morals. God's morals. Not what you feel is right. The Bible says that every man did that which was right in his own eyes back in in Judges. And and listen, uh, uh, the truth is, I believe even the lost are doing what they think is right in their own eyes. You know why our country is so divided right now? Because the left think that they're doing what's right. And the right think that they're doing what's right. 
and they're at odds with one another, and they're fighting one another, and there's, there's no coming together because they're right and they're right. Well, see, that's, that's the product of, this, of, of this, this, this belief system that we have nowadays in the U.S., that everybody has their own truth. And it's, it's visible on social media. Uh, hey, listen, uh, if, if you have a Facebook account or a, uh, whatever other social media there's out there, I don't really use anything else. And do you know that you're only going to see the things that you like to see? They have algorithms and technology that it'll show you just what, just what you want to see. Because they're trying to get you to watch more to look more, to get a little bit more of your time. You know why? Because they sell your time to all the advertisers. If they, get, if they can get you to watch a video, click out there, it pops up an ad, and they've just made three cents. So they're, they're looking to get 10, 12, 14 hours of your day watching those things, so they'll feed you what you want. And so suddenly, everything you see is what you believe. So that's why you have uh, the left who thinks that everybody is racist that, that, that voted for Trump. And you have Trump thinks everybody's a communist that voted for, for Biden. Listen, it, it's all a bunch of media hype and baloney. Do you know who's really in control? God. Satan's trying to divide us. And Satan's, and listen, uh, we're, we're, we're not in a Christian country anymore. Uh, don't fool yourselves with that. But, but Satan's trying to divide this country so that it implodes upon itself, just like he will divide a family, just like, he, just like he'll divide a church, just like he did all the way back uh, in, in Genesis chapter 3 when, when uh, sin first entered in. And what happened? Yes, they hid themselves and they, they divided them from God. But, but Adam said, well, it was my wife's fault. What happened? Not only, was God, they, not only because of their sin were they divided from God, they were divided from each other. They were divided from the, uh, there was division between them and now the world around them. And listen, Satan causes division. So where does our truth come from? It shouldn't come from social media, that's for sure. It shouldn't come from the world. Listen, the world's standards and, and our culture changes on a daily basis. Uh, in the last couple of years, it's gone so fast. It's, I think I broke my neck watching, th watching things go by. But can I tell you? I catch myself saying that all the time, brother, ever since you said, ever since you, you pointed that out. This is where the moral, our moral comfort should come from. We should gather the goodness of God and look at this. Listen, it's God who is good, not us. And we'll all say amen and we'll all say praise the Lord, that's true. But we'll live our lives and we'll see something that the world has said is good and we'll say, well, you know. Examine your life. Truly examine your life. Isn't that what 2 Corinthians told us? Uh, to examine yourself, to make sure that you're, that you're standing your foundation. Sure, you want to add to your faith so that you're strong in your faith, so that you don't waver, so you don't fall away? You know how you do that? Moral excellence. God's morality in your life. It's the first step. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Before, you, before we move on to knowledge, is, they used to test the virtue of pottery. I, I don't know if you're familiar with how they make pottery, but one of the, they, would, uh, they, they would spin it or they make it by hand, but there's a, they put it in the fire to, to, to harden it. And there's, there's no knowing for sure how it's going to turn out until after it comes out of the kiln. But it's, it's put in the kiln, it's, it's heated up, it's, it's, it's cured, it's, it's hardened, and they bring it out. And then you know what they would, they would do? 
They would take a candle or a light and they would put it on the inside and, and see if there are any cracks in the pottery. They were checking the virtue of the pottery. Can I tell you, if the Holy Spirit of God is inside of us, if we're saved, it's going to tell us if there's any cracks in our pottery. And we need to check our virtue and see if, if we're solid uh, according to the word of God or, or if we're kind of sidelining with the world. Because can I tell you, <laughs> we're moving farther and farther away from the world. Or, or farther and farther away from Christ all the time. And look at where the standards are now to where they used to be. So that's just standards and people's opinions. It's farther and farther away from God. Even, listen, I'm going to step on toes. Even, even my own swimming attire today. So that's just swimming attire. Can you imagine going to the beach wearing what the people wear at the beach today? Even what Christians will say is okay at the beach today? Back in biblical times? No, they would have stoned you. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> well, it's acceptable now. It is acceptable to the world. Does God change? No. It's modesty. It's not whether you're wearing pants or dress. And there are some, there are some that will they'll make that, that mark on, on, on there. Listen, there's, there's to be a separation between what women wear and what men wear. I don't wear women's pants because they don't fit me right. But there is, a, there is absolutely a, an absolute law of modesty that I'm to, I'm to be modest. You know, the priests used to have to wear things down so that when they walked up the steps, they couldn't see up and see their thighs. Why? Because of modesty. It's in the Old Testament. I'm not trying, to, to, I'm not, I'm not trying to, 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 to preach on modesty this morning. What I'm trying to say is that if we're going to grow and have a, 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 a walk of faith and be secure in our salvation so that according to the word of God, we'll never fall and that we will be fruitful, then we need to have the morals that God has versus the moral that the world has. There is supposed to be a difference. First John chapter 1 says if, it says, if you walk, that God is light and there is no darkness in him. If we say that we walk in the light, but we walk in darkness, if we say we're saved, but we walk the way of the world, there's no difference. This says that we lie to ourselves and we do not the truth. We need to examine our, listen, I'm not, say, I'm not saying that somebody can't fall and make a mistake or sin, uh, but it's, it's, never, it's never growing, it's never studying, it's never allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us in the Word of God because we never study it out. We need to have God's morals, not our own. We're to add to our virtue knowledge. What is knowledge? Well, it's not the world's knowledge. It's the knowledge of this book. We'll spend more time on CNN, watching CNN or, or uh, HBO or, or, or Netflix or whatever else uh, than we'll do spending the time studying the Word of God on a regular basis. We're more concerned with, with studying for... Listen, I would have, I'd rather have my kids have a solid knowledge of the Word of God and know what it says than go to a, a public go to a college when they go older. Because they're better off being a Christian than they are... Listen, I'm not saying college is bad. Don't misunderstand me. This is better. This is better. They can be the most successful engineer they can, and have all the money in the world. They can, they can be the, 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 the greatest scientist, uh, Christian scientist. They, they can be, but if they don't know this book, 
they're in trouble. And we're more focused on everything else that the world has to teach us than we do this book. Knowledge. Where does it come from? Study. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are to spend time studying God's word, not as pastors, as Christians. Because you should not have to be reliant upon me to teach you everything that the Bible has to say. Now, as the pastor, I should feed the sheep. I should, I, I'm not calling you sheep. That's what Jesus called you. Hey, I'm a sheep too. It's okay. It's, I'm a sheep dog, I guess. But listen, it's not the passage job necessarily to feed you every single bite. You're to learn to drink the milk of the word. You're to learn to then grow and eat the meat of the word. So that, listen, the Holy Spirit can be your teacher. First John tells us that. He's given us that spirit so that the spirit can teach us. And it actually says that you don't need a man to teach you. You have the spirit of God. But we need to add to that morality and add to that faith knowledge. Knowledge of the word of God, knowledge of God. Because the knowledge of the word tells us who God is. To knowledge, temperance. What is temperance? Self-control. Nobody likes the idea of self-control. I think about it. I like the idea of self-control. We just sometimes, we lack it. Mainly when I'm pulling into the, uh, the rotary and somebody cuts me off. Um, I lack it then. Instead, instead of, you know, sitting back and saying, praise the Lord for safety, I honk the horn and say, you idiot. And sometimes I, I get, listen, I'm somebody who, uh, I, I've got a long fuse, and, but eventually I'll, 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 I can lose my temper. It's, 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 I, 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 I try not to. It happens on occasion. But listen, that's not, it's not good to do that. That's a bad thing. Losing our temper is, is losing control. Gossiping. I, I, just, I, I, can't, I can't help but tell somebody, I've got to say, share this. No, you don't. Self-control. Self-control involves all kinds of different areas in your life, but it really comes down to it's, it's, it's a controlling of the flesh. And that's hard. You know one of the ways that I've learned to help battle that? Fasting. If you can deny yourself food for three or four days, especially when people are waving food in your face, it helps you learn to control your body. It helps you to learn to set those things aside. It's a, it's a great way to learn self-control. Lord, I don't have control of this area in my life. My anger, can you, can you please help me with that? Pray, fast over that. Listen, I, I, you'll, I believe, I truly, honestly believe this. You'll learn to have control. It may not be perfect, but you'll grow into it. That's what this is. It's a, it's a spiritual growth. It's a maturity. It doesn't happen all at once or in a day, but over our life. Add to our knowledge, temperance to temperance. Patience. What is patience? Perseverance. It's staying power. It's, 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 it's this idea that I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to complain. Think about the year 2020. How many of you want 2020 to be over? How many of you are glad that, that it's almost 2021? 
How many of you are afraid of what that's going to bring? <laughs> I, I'm imagining one of these old Japanese movies where you have the, the big moth versus uh, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen, right? Uh, in the end, it doesn't matter. As, as Christians, we're, we're not to complain. Uh, uh, we can look at the Old Testament to see what God thinks about murmurings and disputings uh, when we're arguing with God, when we're, when we're complaining about, about what the, the circumstances he has us in. A lot of those Israelites died. He doesn't like murmuring. There's not a, it's, uh, he, he deserves our faith. But James says we're to count it all joy when we go through diverse temptations. This has been a year of diverse temptations. Why? For the trying of your faith worketh patience. And when you do hard things and you find out that you can do hard things, it's almost like your faith muscle grows and you can do harder things. You know how you lift heavy weights? You start out with light weights. And you exercise for a while, then you add a little bit of weight to that in a couple, in a couple days. You add a little bit of weight to that, and you, you'd be surprised. Oh, I, I can do it. And in that rest time in between, your muscles grow. And you can add more weights. And then it continues on until you're lifting 400 pounds. And, okay, I'm not lifting 400 pounds. But you can. There are people out there that can do it. You know why? Because they spend their life growing. It, we spend our lives going through problems and trials in our lives. And God carries us through. Has God ever not carried you through one of your trials? Raise your hand if God has failed you. There's been people through some terrible trials. But God has never failed you. You know what happened? You came on the other side of that trial. You got to rest in the, in the, in the peace of God, and your faith grew. And you learned to persevere. You learned not to quit. You learned to keep going. So we had that perseverance to, the, to, our, to our temperance and to the knowledge and to virtue and to faith. Godliness is to have the character qualities of Christ. The more we are like God, uh, the, 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 more, uh, the more pious that we are, the more that we are like the character traits of God, uh, goodness, love, righteousness, uh, the, the more godly that we are. And listen, we are to allow the Holy Spirit to make us. Like, listen, I'm not talking about a fake piety. Uh, there's plenty of that out there. There's a, there, are, there are plenty of people that want you to know just how much they love everybody, just how, much, how good they are to everybody. God doesn't care about the, the, the false piety. What he wants is real piety in our lives, uh, a, a, real, a real goodness, a real love, a real charity. He wants realness in us. So that means you do good without saying, hey, look at me. You add those things to your life. Godliness, next one's brotherly kindness. That's treating one another with love. Brothers and sisters in Christ within the church. That's seeing a weaker brother and coming alongside and helping them. Maybe helping them through a difficult time, praying for them, encouraging them. Maybe humbling ourselves because of a, of a weakness of the brother. Was that brotherly kindness? But listen, the world needs to see more kindness inside the church than they do outside the church. There are a lot of good people outside the church that are kind to people. They, they should see. In fact, the Bible said, Jesus said, they'll know you by your love for one another. They should see us and they should know that we're Christians because we love each other. And lastly, just we're to add to it charity. What's well, charity? It's love. It's the love of one another. It's not just the love of one another, but it's the love of those outside of the church. 
those that are lost without Christ. Those from the dirtiest to the, the filthiest. Uh, 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 listen, we're, we're to love everybody. We're to have a compassion that, 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 that causes us to share the gospel. This is, I think, one of the greatest failings uh, of the American church. Uh, listen, we love one another. We'll, we, love, we, we, we love certain things. We love certain causes. But the truth is, we're to love everybody. You're to love those that voted for Biden. And you're to love those that voted for Trump. Because I don't know how you voted, and I don't want to know, to be honest with you. You're to, have, you're to love those that come from uh, a, a, a financial class higher than yours and one that's lower than yours. In Christ, we're all the same. You're to love those that, 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 just, uh, that, that are intelligent and, 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 and uh, just are brilliant and we'd love to have in the church and you should love those that come into the church that, that, are, are, that are disabled or, or mentally not as able. You're to love them all. There should not be a difference in how you treat one person over another. Regardless of what they wear, regardless of how they do their hair, regardless of the color of their skin, that's love. And listen, true love doesn't wait till they come here. True love goes out there where they are. So we'll love them when they come in here. When they're different. But we won't love them out there. That's the problem. You want to grow, you want to mature in your Christian faith, you have to have the same love that Jesus had. Not love them here. Yes, love them here, but love them out there too. If we have these things, we have the promise that we will not be barren nor unfruitful. We have the promise that we shall never fall. Is faith enough to be saved? Yes. But saving faith is not what God intended. God intends for our faith and our love and our brotherly kindness and all of those things to grow. He, he, his, his desire is that we would not continue on in the life that we once had, being the same person that we once were, just that our home is in heaven. No, his desire is that we would change here on this earth to be just like Jesus was. And listen, like Paul, I have not attained. I'm not there yet. I wish I was. I, w- I wish I could, I could look back and say, it's, it's, this is how you do it. You do it just like this and, and follow my footsteps. And I, I've done it perfectly and I've arrived. I have not arrived. It is a daily walk with Christ. It is a daily study of the word of God. It is a daily growth. And listen, you don't grow, uh, you don't grow 10 feet in a day. You don't grow 10 feet by worrying about it. You, you grow spiritually by feeding yourself. Man should not live by bread alone. I've had plenty of bread. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. May God help us. That's why in John 15 it says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. It's, it's all about studying the word of God and applying the word of God to our life. To be not a hearer of the word only, but to be a doer of the word. So we talk about this all the time. Yeah, because we need it all the time. 
There's all different. There's a reason it's mentioned in several different places in the Bible. Because we all need it. Over the thick. I'm smiling behind here. I'm just a joke. I'm not saying you're actually thick-headed. I am. But may God help us. May God help us to be firm in our faith. May God help us to grow to do what he's called us to, do, to be. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you'd help us to examine our lives. Help us to work out our salvation, Lord, not just to trust in, in the faith that we have, Father, which, sa- which saves us, but God, the, the, I don't want to be just happy in the, in, in the knowledge of my salvation, Lord. I want to I grow to be more and more like Christ. I want to be what you've called me to be. I want to be secure in my faith. I want to be secure in my salvation. I want to be fruitful and bountiful in my life, Lord, that, uh, uh, that I could be a witness and a testimony, Lord, that, uh, uh, that I could be a, 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 a replica of Jesus Christ. Help me, O oh Lord. Help us all. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed.